Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Butler Running Show. A show for runners and soon-to-be runners from around the world as we talk all things running. The Butler Running Show is hosted by a couple on the run, Sue and Andrew O'Brien, and proudly brought to you by PartnerRunning.com and the Partner Runner Magazine. And now, on with the show. Well, welcome to the Partner Running Show on this June 30 or 29, uh, 2015. No matter where you may be in the world, uh, I'm Andrew O'Brien and I'm here in the Partner Running Studio with my uh, wonderful co-host, Sue. How are you going, Sue? I'm going very well, thank you. Uh, not one that we don't usually celebrate uh, News Eve at this time of the year, but a lot of uh, a lot of business people do, a lot of finance people do, particularly the accountants, getting their getting their sort of uh, thrills at the end of the end of the financial year for Australian uh, audiences. Not certainly certainly not uh, universal around the year that the uh, June 30th is the end of the financial year. But anyway, mm-hmm. this is a running show, not a business show or a finance show, so uh, we'll just leave that go through to the keeper and uh, talk about what's on today's show. On mm. today's show, we're catching up with Brett Saxon uh, from Trails Plus, talking about a couple of uh, local races which are dear to our heart, but they're great races for people travelling, uh, well, from our local area, but also nationally and internationally to come and, and participate in. And particularly, we're talking here about the Yu Yang's uh, running festival, which includes the hardcore 100 miler, yes. which is fast becoming... Uh, a great entry level or uh, qualifying race for people looking to go on to things like the UTMB or the UTMF where you need to get qualifying points. The um, uh, Yu Yang's 100 miler has four points, so it's a, it's a good get. It's, a, it's a, you know, a, a course where you can run a reasonable time, but also a great place to cut your teeth in the 100 miler. But that festival, as Brett will tell us, has you know, entry level events, uh, People have something for everybody there. It's a great, great stepping stone. Uh, and Brett's also going to talk to us about the Tan Ultra, which re- reminds me that uh, before I talk about the rest of this show, this is a special week because we have two shows this week. We do. Uh, it's sort of an ultra event for the Partner Running Show too. We're going beyond the usual distance. Yes, we are going. And and, and the part of the reason for that is that um, Australia has these very two unique uh, inner city parks and they both have uh, ultra events and they're both in the month of August, and mm. they're a week apart. Yes, so, so it is possible to do both. It is possible to do both, and, and, and I think this year we're going to attempt to do both. Mm. The uh, the key aspect here is that, in, as Brett's going to talk to us about, the Melbourne event uh, around the TAN, which is sort of the iconic inner-city uh, training and, and uh, running location. Sort of you get views of everything from the MCG, the Tennis Centre, and uh, the city itself on the river. Uh, so you've got the TAN one week, but then the week before that in Sydney we have the Centennial Park Ultra. Now, uh, a year or two ago, we interv- uh, interviewed the then race director, April Palmer, who told mm-hmm. us all about it. Well, today, we can, or on Thursday of this week, our second show for the week, we're catching up with Keith Hong from uh, Buzz of uh, Buzz and Co. And, uh, Buzz Events and Co. And Keith is going to talk to us about the Centennial Park Ultra, the sort of the the, pair, the matching pair, the bookend uh, Cinder City Ultras, but also something particularly exciting and something new for Australia is a Run Nation, the Sydney, starting out as a Sydney running festival, but uh, I believe is going to go national before too long. So that's really exciting. So that's our two shows for the week. I'll mm-hmm. uh, we'll remember to plug that one again. And then the rest of t- 
today's show, we're going to do a bit of a review of the Surf Coast Trail Run, which we participated on the weekend. And, of course, we'll have our regular segments, uh, looking at, having a look at the news, uh, Ask Sue, something to, to learn there, and we'll finish up with a slightly different take on the road ahead. Yes, I was about to say a slightly different take on the road ahead, not the usual road ahead. No, because we've got the two shows, we're going to do two roads ahead this uh, this week, and we're going to take a bigger picture road ahead today, where we're looking at, over the next few months, some of the uh, events around the world that it's not too late to get into in many cases, um, some highlights. And then on Thursday's show, uh, after we talk to Keith, we're going to zero in on the the weird and wacky and wonderful events that are on next weekend. We might also welcome any comments via social media or uh, if you've got any thoughts ahead is an event that you think is worthy of note. If we've missed one, please let us know. In fact, it's a great idea because not only uh, we'll give it a mention, but we'll approach the race director uh, and see if we can do a show on it. We'll be doing an interview if, if there's an event that someone's particularly, yeah, I'm off to do the such and such. We'll see if we can... Do a, down. do a report, do a, uh, an expose on whatever uh, a road ahead events people are choosing. Okay, so on that note, I think we've given the overview for the show and for the week. We better keep moving along, and as is uh, as is our schedule at this point of the show, we're going to go over the shoulder. Quick review of last weekend's running. Well, just make a quick mention of the results for the Surf Coast Trail Marathon. That Damien Angus won the men's marathon, and Kelly Emerson for the second year running. Um, this is only the second time this event's been held, so she's won each of the marathons. Which is a mighty effort. She's just recently returned from representing Australia uh, at the World Sky Running. Yes, or at the, well, well, sorry, no, not that. One of those world championships. <laughs> Sorry, I can't keep up remiss. with them all. Yeah, um, but talking about events that do uh, dominate social media in certain circles, I should just say, but a lot of runners have heard of the Western States 100 miler, and this was on over the weekend as well. Under in very hot conditions, temperatures got to 90 degrees Fahrenheit during the course along the course. Um, 388 individuals entered and 254 crossed the line. Very difficult to get in via ballot and uh, qualifying standards and very strict cutoffs both on course and at the finish, 30-hour cutoff. And I saw a few comments on social media about people that had been um, disqualified along the way for failing to meet the cutoffs, even though they felt they were going along pretty well. Uh, that makes the finishing pictures of the last participant crossing the line, a bit like the comrades finisher um, being cheered along the line at the finish. 70-year-old female um, crossed the line with six seconds to spare and she was the last finisher in the Western States of Obama. But the first finisher was Rob Crah from Canada and this is the second time he's won this event. And Magdalena Boulay um, was her debut at the 100-mile distance, which is a pretty fabulous effort to win um, an esteemed event like Western States when it is your first debut at or your debut at the 100 mile distance and particularly after getting lost and being off course for uh, about 30 minutes just shows that the elite can do it too so it's not just 
us mere mortals that can get lost on course. But also a big feature on social media, probably through Australian Samantha Gash, was the, were the efforts of Nikki Kimball, um, 44-year-old female runner who had man- managed her 10th consecutive top 10 finish in this event. And we've often described how difficult it is to get 10 consecutive years participating in a marathon, much less participating in a 100-mile event, and even more than that, finishing in the top 10 in a 100-mile event for 10 consecutive years. So that's an absolutely uh, brilliant, brilliant effort. Now, um, also of interest, I just was getting a few results, and a lot of the races over the weekend were in locations that just seemed spectacular. Mont Blanc Running Festival was on the weekend, and just to give an idea of how tough that was, the marathon was won by, well, dominated by Italian, Spanish, French, and Swiss runners. The female winning time was 4 hours 35, and the male finishing time at 3 hours 48, so some very tough terrain. Also, Victoria Falls Marathon was on the weekend, and uh, a gentleman named Sabanda won for the fourth consecutive time, and Satsu forgive my pronunciation, won the female marathon section. So great location. Safaricom Marathon was on the weekend. It was the 16th running of this event, 1,200 runners in the Liwa Conservatory, uh, Cons- Conservancy, and uh, won by Mabogo uh, from the male section and Lodipa from the female. But more than anything else, it's the location of running through this wonderful place. Kona Marathon, um, New course, slightly different finish location, all of that sort of thing. Very gruelling in parts and very hot running conditions. Local female Nakai won the uh, won that section. But this was an interesting story, and I'm not sure about this one truly. But anyway, Andreas Wenger from Singapore. He's a Swiss gentleman living in Singapore. Flew to have a vacation with friends in Kona and decided he would enter the marathon the day before and won the event. Hmm. Also, um, it always does seem a bit strange when people say that, but it must have been uh, sort of somewhat trained for this event. But anyway, and uh, the another event that caught my eye was the Pacific Crest Marathon. And noticeable because the winner of the event was a 16-year-old local who won the event in 3 hours 19. So... In Australia, maybe would not have even been allowed to run the marathon because a lot of our events, it's uh, 18 and above that are allowed to participate in the event. Now, Singapore, the Standard Chartered Singapore Marathon is launching a new competition in terms of getting into the event. Now, last year in the marathon or in the event, there were 53,000 entries. It's very diff- it's become very difficult to get in. Huge numbers and huge numbers miss out. Quite a prestigious ticket to get in. Well, they've l- launched the, fir- the world's first digital queue, and it allows participants to get ahead in the registration process process by using social media. So the top 100 participants get free registration, and the top 10 entries get a front row start. Now, the competition is based on sharing posts on various uh, social media channel, channels, either Instagram, um, Facebook, etc., etc., Twitter, and you earn points 
as you post, um, and it pushes you to the front of the queue. The more posts you, the more posts you get, the more points you earn. And organisers also have daily challenges, um, so that if you participate in those and you fulfil the obligations, you're going to go much higher up the queue rather than just a random ballot process. Or, um, as we've noticed in a lot of these situations, computers crashing as thousands and thousands of people try to get in the moment entries open. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And there you are, that's some of the news over the weekend. Well, that sounds good. Did you uh, pick up on the change in date for the Myrtle Beach Marathon? No, no, this is, is this the one that's been hit by snow once we, before we, that we, got cancelled? Yeah, we carried uh, a story on this uh, probably two years ago mm. where they had a last minute, I think it was the night before cancellation because the snow hit. And um, anyway, they've moved it to March. So that's, um, I don't know. Might be better for From, from mid-February into March, um, yeah, a couple of weeks, I suppose, can make all the difference. Mm. Um Definitely. You see people moving around. I mean, you know, UTMF, for example, has moved from April, April to September. Yeah. Uh, it's not unheard of, and um, I think it's good that, that people sort of shift those things around just to get slightly better conditions and, and uh, make it, you know, with plenty of notice, um, good for people to be able to get to. Okay. On that note... Us. Do you have a question you'd like answered? Why not send us a message, a tweet, or post your question on the Partner Running Facebook page? Take it away, Sue. Whilst we were at the Phuket Marathon, one of the runners asked me about the concept of losing weight to go faster. She had performed very well in the half marathon, but hypothesised that if she could only lose another five kilos, she would go a lot faster and would get much better results. Well, there's a study going on at the moment and uh, a movement, I should describe it as, that is suggesting that body weight isn't everything for running performance. And if you are overweight, well, clearly to lose weight is going to help you perform better. But if you are at your optimum weight and you're at a healthy weight, then losing weight might actually be detrimental to your athletic performance. Now, the name of this movement has the acronym HAES, or HAES, Healthy at Every Size Movement. And it's a reaction against the current focus on weight and obesity. Basically, it's suggesting that if you are overweight, there are going to be health problems or there could be lead to health problems, including diabetes and heart problems, cholesterol, etc., etc. But it also believes that this short-term focus on weight loss is not the answer to a lot of these health problems that sometimes we get too focused on the scales rather than what's going on behind that or what's been the reason predisposing to that and this HAS movement tries to focus on an increase in activity and exercise and promoting healthy eating habits without the focus on body weight and scales it also suggests 
that skinny people who eat junk food and don't exercise are just as unhealthy as those that are overweight as well. So it's something that we should be aware of. Um, it's not just your body weight. The HAS approach to weight loss um, suggests that the actual loss of body weight is a side effect of the lifestyle and habits that you choose. So what does this mean for runners? It really means that there's an emphasis on the process rather than the actual finishing product. And that's the relationship that runners should take towards their body weight. So it's the actual training that they do and the healthy diet that they maintain that's going to bring them to their optimum body weight. The suggestion in an article that I read recently was that as we train and as we exercise towards our running goal, our weight's actually going to settle at what is the best to suit our particular somatotype or body type. So in other words, you can't anticipate that if you starve yourself, get down to the weight of a Kenyan runner, that you're going to perform like a Kenyan Ideal body weight is individual, as is body fat percentage. Not everyone can be 6 to 13% body fat, which is the female to male uh, and male sort of elite marathon running ratio. What is the percentage for each of us cannot really be predicted. It's functionally defined. How we go, how we track during our training process. You can't pick a number and aim for it and say, I'm going to be 10% body fat and then I'm going to be perfect. That might be too low for you and you might end up with a lot of other associated health issues as you try and get to your target body fat percentage. So really, it's what is your body weight and what is your body composition at the end of a sustained and successful training period following a good training diet that's where it's meant to be. The suggestion in this article was that a 2.59 or 2 hours 59 marathon runner at 85 kilograms is better than being a 75 kilogram runner who can only manage three hours, 11 minutes due to issues that arise from being underweight and not having the energy to draw upon to perform properly. So with regards to my friend who said, if only she can lose another five kilograms, that's gonna make all the difference to running, it may not. Follow the training process potentially and maintain a healthy diet and just see what happens, see where you settle. It's only through a successful and sustained training and eating right period of at least three months that you'll find out where you're going to settle at and you shouldn't set perhaps unrealistic targets. Only through training and eating right um, are we going to discover this and the process itself is going to enable you to become leaner and lighter as you become fitter rather than dieting obsessively and not being able to meet your training goals. So an interesting thought, perhaps uh, the HAES, Healthy at Every Size Movement, um, has some substance, we will see. That was the Ask Sue segment of the Partner Running Show. If you have a question for Sue, 
please post it on the Partner Running Facebook page or email us at radio at partnerrunning.com. So if I understand what you were saying there in the Ask Sue is that, uh, and I'll apply it to myself and many many uh, of my running buddies, that we don't actually have to get down to, I think you used the phrase, you know, Kenyan elite size mm. to, to run at our best. In fact, it might be that that's actually is a bit too light. Yes. And that there's a, you know, there's a good healthy weight for us, which we're going to perform at our best for most of us. Okay. So I think that the that's good news in lots of ways, but I think the really interesting insight for that is um, there's probably a lot of people who who to get down to their Kenyan size again without running to stereotype, but to get to that you know elite running physique or perceived elite running, yeah, you know, it's a probably a case of dropping ten kilos. And you know, my experience, and a lot of people I've spoken to over time, suggest that dropping five kilos is you know not too too tough, but dropping ten is a Mm. Well, it's all relative. These are tough. Yeah, if you're 90 as opposed to 50 or 55 and trying to get... It's a percentage of your body weight. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, mm. I think there's a lot of... There's a lot of men in the 90s who would like to be... They're in the 90s or the 80s and they would like to be 10 less. I think there's a lot of women who probably sneaking into the 70s or the high 60s who'd like to be, you know... At sixty or, or mm, in the yeah, low fifties, so I think t- ten kilos is kind of is a, is a number that for a lot of people, some people it's more and some people it's less. Sure, but I think when you talk about, and this is my point, when you talk about losing ten kilos, it's like oh, geez, ten kilos is a lot. And what this research and what you just sort of talk about suggests is that maybe that's you don't have to actually get that. So losing five is is better. And I think some people don't start or they give up or they lose their way because ten is too big a stretch whereas if they're focused in on this and go look i just got to lose five and that's going to have a, a significant impact on my running then i oh, can do five that's no problems but then it's, it's the thought of oh yeah i've got to do 10 it's going to take forever and uh, and, and all that sort of challenge so i think that that's the interesting insight and also the to take away the focus from five kilograms as being your goal and focus on the process of what you're doing the training the healthy diet and the the weight loss is a side effect rather than the yes. absolute focus because then if you do see the scales go up or not drop as much as you expect you're inclined to give up but if your focus is on the actual training and what your training running goal is in using running as an example then that's a better focus than the scales yep okay so an interesting good news mm. You're listening to The Partner Running Show with your hosts, Couple on the Run, Sue and Andrew O'Brien. Proudly brought to you by PartnerRunning.com and The Partner Runner Magazine. Uh, now, we uh, caught up a couple of days ago with Brett Saxon, who's the director of Trails Plus, uh, uh, puts on some of the uh, top trail running events in uh, Victoria, in Australia, and uh Amongst other things, Brett did a wonderful job hosting you, Sue, when you ran your 100th marathon uh, at Brimback Park, yes. which is part of his Urban Trail series uh, in April of this year. Anyway, it's a, it's a busy time of the year for the people at Trails Plus, and Brett has the 
Yu Yang's event coming up, and then the Tan, and then um, a new event in early September. And so we caught up with him a couple of days ago, and we've broken the interview into two parts. Uh, today, we're going to air with, we're going to hear from Brett talk about the Yu Yang's and the Tan, and just going to introduce this new race. And then uh, in another couple of weeks, when we sort of fit in, because we've got a lot of uh, shows on the go at the moment, lots of topics to get to. Um, we're going to come back and play the second part of this pre-recorded interview where he talks about this, this new event. But today it's about the Yu Yangs and it's about the tan. Well, now on the partnering show, uh, we're catching up with uh, our old mate Brett Saxon from Trails Plus. How are you going, Brett? Going well, thanks, Andrew. And uh, how uh, are you guys? We're doing very well, but we're noticing that it's a particularly busy time coming up for uh, Trails Plus with with uh, a big event in in July, another one in August, and another one in September. So we thought it'd be uh, good, if, and uh, thank you very much for joining us, just to catch up and take us through, first of all, the Yu Yangs, then uh, the Tan, and then the, the new event you've got coming up, the Surf Coast Hell Run. So um, it is a busy time for Trails Plus. Been a good year so far? It has, yes. Look, we've added a, a couple of races, and there's been a couple of date changes. So it's it's been a busy start, and you're right, it's getting into a, a really busier section um, with not a lot of breaks between the events so for people who haven't heard us uh, talking to Brett before trailsplus.com.au is the place to go online and that has then the links to Facebook and the other social media accounts but trailsplus.com.au and then there is a that basically guides you to the events. There's the uh, urban trail, the mountain trail, and then other events. So mm. you can find everything under one of those three headings, and that's a place where you get more detail. You can contact uh, Brett and his crew, and you can also enter. So that's by way of background. So, Brett, let's first of all go to the first event, which is the Yu Yangs. Uh, tell us quickly about the or an overview of the Yu Yangs. Well, Yu Yangs is about to enter its seventh year. Um, it's held on July the 18th and 19th. Uh, it used to be a Sunday only event, but with the recent addition last year of the 100 miler, we're now Saturday and Sunday. Um, several distances on offer apart from the big 100, you have a 5K, 15K, 30, 50 and an 80. Um, all those distances are on the Sunday. Um, the Yu Yangs is about 40 minutes from, from Melbourne on the way to Geelong. A little granite peak outcrop, um, which can be seen sort of to the west as you're heading to Geelong. A fairly small regional park, but a lot of trails in there that uh, lend themselves to some great trail running. It's got, seems to, from my experience too, a rather um, nice little climate in the sense that it doesn't seem to catch quite as much rain as as some of the surrounding Melbourne area, and, and there's always good running down there. Yeah, that's right, Andrew. Um, I think in the six previous years, we've only had one day where there was a bit of rain, and that was only for a pretty short period of time, but it certainly has its own weather system, yep. and although it's in the middle of winter, um, we've been pretty blessed with mostly dry events. So I think you said about 40 minutes from Melbourne. Uh, it's it's basically it's a it's a car trip. This one, isn't it? Yeah, it's not easy to get to with public transport. So it is um, a car trip um, along the Princess Freeway from from Melbourne over the Westgate Bridge. Um, or if you're in the Geelong area, most people would 
know that it's uh, about 15, 20 minutes from Geelong. So it's pretty well situated, Not don't have to be too early up and going to, to get there. And for uh, supporters that might be thinking, or your family might be that might be coming out to watch, all that sort of thing, um, some picnic tables set up, toilet facilities, that sort of thing available too? Absolutely, Sue. So there's um, a few barbecues uh, around the start, finish area, which is a, a, a really good environment for this particular event because all the events pass through at various distances. So as a supporter of your runner, you don't have to go tromping all over the park. They come back through regularly, so you get to see how they're travelling um, and there's toilets. And, and this year, um, fingers crossed, we'll have um, a few other uh, little vendors there with some, some coffee and food, which I'm currently working with parks on. Nice. Um, well, I suppose we, we've talked about the different distances and that they're all on the Sunday and they start at different times through the morning. Yeah, we have the 80k early starters from 6am. Uh, gives them a bit of extra time to meet the cutoff. And at 7.30, the main 80ks will start and then every hour after that, each distance will start. Right, and so there's support in terms of aid stations out there or do you have to be fully self-sufficient? Uh, plenty of aid stations. Um, across the, the longer events, you will you hit an aid station about every three to five kilometres. So there's about five locations and you pass by them from different directions and plenty of support. You can get by almost without even carrying a water bottle in, in many of the distances. So Brett, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the Hardcore 100, the 100 miler, um, which made its debut, as you said, made its debut last year, and uh, it's a magnificent 100 mile course, particularly for those that are looking to step up, I think, because of the, the way it's structured. So first of all, uh, the idea for the Hardcore 100, where, where did that come from? Andrew, it came mainly from the limited number, well, it came from the fact that there are a limited number of 100 milers out there for a beginner, if you like, not that 100 miles is something you begin with, but um, instead of going into the absolute wild outback country and, and doing um, some pretty serious 100 mile events, it, it was created to give people an opportunity of uh, a fully supported, um, easy to navigate type event um, with, without the concerns of, of being out in the back country. Um, it is a loop course, so it's eight times 20 kilometres, um, but definitely designed to challenge. It's, it's not an easy course, it definitely challenges, but it has a very high level of support for the runner. Yes, I think Sue and I were lucky to run last year in the inaugural, and, and I think uh, it is a great course from a couple of perspectives, as you say, the, the the two main aid stations, which I think roughly is at about 3K, 10K, 15 and 17 or something of that kind of ilk that you, that you, per loop that you go past. And then you've got the uh, the Flinders Peak, which is a... A, a particular challenge A good for climb those. at the best <laughs> time, but if you're going up and down there eight times, that, that really adds the hardcore aspect of it. Uh, and then you've got some, like some nice mix of single track, some uphill, downhill, and and then a few little br breaks where you're running on a gravel road, which kind of mentally just gives you that uh, 
I think a chance to sort of relax, reset, and you know, if your concentration wanders a little bit, it's just it's a nice mm. little break. So. So I think Brett hit on a, a really good point that for those that are looking to step up, this style of loop course just makes it the logistics of organising your changes of clothes, your food, your nutrition, everything to do with that, so much easier as a first attempt um, at that distance. Um, yep. Just such a, a great idea. But also then for the more expert or more experienced 100-mile runner, a chance for a fast time. So a bit of both, yep. I think. And so how's, how's the hardcore looking for 2015, Brett? Uh, look, in terms of numbers, we're, we're currently sitting at about 32 participants, which is up on last year by about uh, 20%. And there's still a few people that have indicated that uh, they intend to run that haven't entered as yet. So, look, we might see 40 runners, which will go close to doubling last year's start line. Excellent. And, I mean, really, as you say, like, it's, it's not uh, the event that... People just take on willy-nilly. It's, uh, there are probably that that many people out there that are going to take it on in some ways. That's right. There's there's not, I guess, a lot of 100-mile runners around, certainly in Victoria. Mm. Um, but we have quite a few interstaters coming down, which is fantastic, or across. Um, so, yeah, it's not something you just decide tomorrow that you're going to go and do. Um, although some people probably have that thought but you know, there are some qualifying um, aspects to it we, we have to take into account people's um, well-being and, and general abilities before we accept an entry so I think it's fair to say Brett that uh, people who've got themselves up to say run 100k uh, over the last you know, six months or so that that the you know, that's kind of the level of training that is going to be pretty adequate for then taking on the extra 60k and make it into 100 miles. If you can, if you've trained for 100k, then you've close to trained for 100 mile. Yeah, I totally agree that this course lends itself very much to that. Um, some you would probably want to be going a bit further um, if it was a, a tougher outback and carrying mandatory gear packs and that type of thing. But but this one really does lend itself to the 100k runner just making that next step. And it's a great way then to practice your your strategy and your you know, your food and all those things which. As you, as you pointed out, this would be a great way to step up if you're then going to go and take on, or well, in our case, you know, off to the uh, UTMF in um, Japan at the end of September. And so the Yu Yang's 100 is a, is a great stepping stone to that, a great way to fine-tune gear, food, um, running through the night, all of those kinds of aspects. So. Mm. And also anybody um, taking on perhaps... Uh, one of the more challenging races even within Australia at the end of the year that, you, you know, you've, you've got a, a stepping stone, as you say, yep. that just works really nicely. Now, Brett, yeah. how many how are many, uh, coming back from, from year one? Um, oh, good question. Um, without the list in front of me right away, I would say there's ten. Very nice. Mm. I thought there might be a few. Yeah, a few of those wouldn't be able to resist. Uh, coming, yes, coming, coming. <laughs> <laughs> I, I figure there might be a few that are looking for the silver buckle instead of the bronze. Yes. Oh, well, that's we should ask you to please explain about the uh, the yeah. buckle colours what's, what's and the, what's the booty. Mm. Indeed, in fact, it's, it was going to be under review, but um, there are two cut-offs um, in relation to 
the 100 miler. First of all, it has a 33 hour maximum time limit. Uh, finish under 33 hours and you'll score yourself a bronze buckle. Uh, very nicely custom made to reflect the Yu Yang's area. Um, and if you can come in under 24, you'll take away a silver buckle. There you go, gee, that's isn't to match your, to match your hair. <laughs> it, won't be, it won't be silver, and that's the problem on the on race day. It'll be closer to bronze, but no, but I still want that silver buckle. So, okay, so. that's the target. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so I'm glad you didn't, well, if you're going to review it, I'm glad you didn't push it any, any quicker. Yeah, well, stage. potentially heading to 20, but Ooh. let's keep it at 24 for the moment, shall and we? You might have to introduce a gold buckle, I think, for that. That's, well, that's on the cards, actually. Yes, that's, that's a better way. So, Brett, there's also, I think, for people doing the 100-miler, uh, a pretty snazzy shirt, and I saw there that you can get a, a hardcore uh, um, headscarf, buff, whatever they're called these days. So, yeah, lots of... Uh, bits and pieces to really uh, you know, add to the value for money and add to the whole experience. Absolutely, yeah. We have a, a custom shirt, which is based on last year's very much, but we've tailored it to the individual that wanted a name on it this year. So we've gone a little bit customised. Um, and there's a couple of designs looking forward as well for, for some some newer merchandise for the, um, the event. But it's, uh, it's included this year. Um, originally, it was for the first 25, but everybody's getting one um, as part of the event. So, uh, yeah, and the head buffs. Um, yeah, we've got some custom head buffs for, for the hardcore runners as well. Very nice. Now, um, without going through all of the rules, one, the one that I did want to ask you about was the um, the rule related to paces. I know that last year uh, a number of the runners had, had uh, friends and, and fellow runners who came along and, and ran stints of the course with them, particularly during the night. Uh, what is the the rule with regard to uh, paces for the hundred mile runners? Yeah, predominantly for for safety reasons. Um, once darkness sets in, that's loosely based around um, six pm um, on the Saturday night. Um, if you're going to start a lap and be out there at six pm, then you can take a, a pacer with you from then on. Uh, generally, that would cease at daylight, but Again, for safety reasons, um, we're allowing um, runners to continue having a pacer for those final few laps that uh, they might be extending into the Sunday. Magnificent. Now, I know uh, from for last year, there was um, the fires going, a range of food to, to warm you up, great volunteers at the two aid stations, and it was a real sort of wonderful community spirit, not just amongst the runners, but with the volunteers. And then in the morning, for those still out of the course, when the uh, uh, the 80, the 50, and the other events start again, you've got the fresh people out there with in there starting out in their events, cheering the hardcore people towards the finish, which really added a nice touch to it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the, the night time sessions are, are great fun, really well supported. Um, we're permitted to have uh, fires in contained drums for a bit of warmth and a bit of atmosphere at the, the start line and at the, the middle aid station. We're really blessed uh, with volunteers at Trails Plus events. We have, I think, some of the, the most awesome volunteers um, at, of all the events. They just, they really do create amazing atmosphere. And the feedback post-event is almost without fail how wonderful the volunteers are and how well the runner's day was and turned out as a result of the volunteers out there. 
So, so just uh, as a reminder, for people to enter, they go to trailsplus.com.au and then click on the Yu Yangs, and that'll there's a big registration button there, which is the spot to go. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Um, anything else we need to ask about the Yu Yangs? Um, well, I think, I think Brett it, needs to tell us. Well, I think the, um, the 5K and the 15K uh, have some championships associated with them. Is that right? There's actually a couple of things um, in regards to the shorter, I'll use shorter loosely given there's 30, 50, and 80Ks yep. in there, um, but the 5K is also the Athletics Victoria Junior Trail Championship and the 15K doubles as Athletics Victoria Open Age Trail Championship. So we've got a couple of separate, there's separate events going on within the events. Yep. So yeah, there's um, yeah, quite quite a quite a bit happening uh, on the day. We also have um, the finale of the Mountain Trail series. It is race three with Maroondah Dam being race one, Mount Macedon race two. So we do have some um, sort of internal competitions running there. So a little bit of excitement because. The, the current leaders in a couple of the, the different distances are either on equal points or could easily um, change position just by um, a different finish result, first, second, second, first. Well, that will be uh, something else for spectators to watch with interest as the day develops and the different events start up. There'll be something something always to be mindful of as you go along. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, so, Brett, in summary, why... Should people be signing up to run one of the events at the Yu Yangs? Look, I think it gives a, an amazing variety of trail in a, a very close proximity to Melbourne. It, it will challenge people with several climbs. Um, the, the technical nature of the single tracks, the speed over some of the wide open sections, it just has something for, for everybody, whether you're a, a beginner or a, a hardcore experienced runner. Um, there's there's something for everybody and and a great support mechanism for for your family friends to to come along and be part of. Nice, magnificent. Mm. All right, so that's July. Uh, the Yu Yangs. Then we head back into town, into about as far into town as you can go in terms of Melbourne and the sort of the I think it's the world renowned, the world famous the Tan is mm. uh, the, the big Trails Plus event for August. Uh, what's the um, What's the date? What's the story? What's all happening with the tan? Well, the tan, um, yeah, very famous. Um, it's around the Botanic Gardens in Melbourne along the Yarra River. Um, it has several distances, uh, 8K, 12K, half marathon, marathon. The traditional 50 and 100K, which is what the tan originally started as, um, it's held on Sunday, the August the 9th. Just a real mental challenging event for uh, the longer distances because they are laps of 3.8 kilometres um, but again very supportive as well because you can run it without anything um, you don't need to carry water or packs uh, it, it will give you all the support at um, the start finish line and, and the other thing is you're sharing it uh, with thousands of other people who aren't necessarily taking part in the event, but uh, a lot of support from 
from the general public when they see you're out there running around. So it's a yeah, it's and a lot of your friends will come down. It's a, a great place to um, just drop in for a couple of hours. They'll often run a lap with you. Um, so yeah, a real real community feel and. And, and fun event to be part of. And I know that uh, you know people might think, oh, running laps, that sort of thing. But as you mentioned, there's so much distraction. And and I can just say, that from having run the 26 laps of the 100 kilometre distance, it's constantly changing. There are people going past. There are events going on that distract you. There are weddings. There, are, everything's happening. And it doesn't matter that it's the same loop around. It's something different every time around that captures your attention or your focus so you hardly know that you're doing the same course yeah, absolutely uh, I think last year there was even some marching bands and um, other things around the, the shrine um, that were out on, on the trail so yeah there can be a lot of lot of other activities going on and you might even you know find that there's the same person in the public running the opposite direction to you that you see four or five times and they're clocking up 20 odd k's themselves and um, so yeah, there, there's definitely a, a lot of variety on a, a track that is the same 3.8 k loop. Yeah, I think I love the um, the views of the city and mm, the, the and CBD. changing lights uh, as you do uh, it you know, too. Flinders Park or Melbourne Tennis Centre or whatever it's called these days, you, know, you get the MCG. And I, I noticed that on this uh, year, there's a game at the MCG in the afternoon with Melbourne and North Melbourne. So you're going to have the while you're running, you're going to have people making their way to and. Well, maybe in our case, from the uh, <laughs> the MCG. So again, it's just it's a it's a non-stop. Yeah, cavalcade uh, of interest. That's that's what mm. I that's the word I was cavalcade. Yes. Yeah. So, um, uh, Brett, to find out more about the tan, the place to go is uh, au and then click on the tan. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, nice uh, logo of the tan there. Just click on that, and that'll take you through to all the information and the registration, which will open today. Right, well that's good. Mm. And and so just to recap there, there is an 8K, a 12, a 21, a 42, a 50 and a 100. That's yep. correct. Six six events to choose from. And in terms of the laps, so for the 8K you go around twice, uh, 12K three times, 21K you go around five, uh, 42K 11, uh, 50K 13 and 100K 26. And of course you've got a 12 hour Cut off time for the hundred k. That's correct. Though many will tell you that um, I can be a little bit flexible with that. Always good to hear. Yes, <laughs> particularly when you're uh, coming up to those last few laps. You know, there might be a bit of flexibility. That is, it is a wonderful event. Beautiful surface to run on, and yeah. uh, you know, lots to see as you go around. So, so that is ten. So, so Brett, in terms of summary, why? run the TAN Ultra in 2015? Well, I think one of the major um, attractions of running the TAN, regardless of the distance, is it's it's in the centre of Melbourne. It's You can get there very easily via public transport. You don't have to be up and going bright and early for some events, whether you're heading off to the country or um, you know just a bit further away. It's, it's right there. You get some magnificent support from friends and family. Um, the weather, generally in August, has been pretty good for most of the tans. You'll get the odd shower come through, um, and just the backdrop of the city of Melbourne as you're running around. It's it's just an awesome, awesome place to to run. 
I think the other thing I would uh, would add to that is for people who might be thinking about the Melbourne Marathon in uh, October, this is a, a great place to come along and run the half marathon. Good training event. You can you know, because of the the laps, it's really good to focus on your strategy and your splits and those sorts of things. And if you're doing so the half at Melbourne Marathon, if that's your big uh, run for the year, then come along and do the 12k. Uh, or if you're up at that stage, you can come along and. You know, run the run the half marathon as as a lead into your Melbourne marathon. So it is a great event to get out and uh, run as a as a milestone or a lead up to other events that you might be training mm. for, and particularly for large numbers of people who we know do the Melbourne marathon every year as their highlight of their running calendar. Yeah, and they're often looking for something as a lead in event that's a half marathon. And the, the urban trail at Tan is 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 really a great way for people who see themselves otherwise as road runners to come out and run the trail. Yeah. Okay, so that's the tan. And this is the next one, it's the one that I'm intrigued with because I'm really interested to find out a little bit more about the course and uh, a little bit more about the actual event itself. Well, and I think I'm everybody's talking, it's a new Yeah. Event. It's a new event. It's a new event and it's called the Surf Coast Hell Run and I hope it's not really called a hell run because it's that tough. No, it's a typo. It's a hill run. Oh, a hill run. Oh, that's better. <laughs> or a hall run. That would be that would be interesting too. But I think it might have uh, something to do with the terrain. So, what can you tell us, Brett? Well, so yes, um, it's definitely not a typo. It is the Surf Coast Hell Run. Mm. And I, mm. look, I, we'll do, talk about the name to start with. And um, the the name really comes from the fact that. It is seriously hard for half of the loop because your quads are going to burn like hell. The first, it's, a, it's a loop course, so we have a 21K, a 42 and a 63. Um, it's, it's out the back of Lawn on the Great Ocean Road in Victoria. It's in September. It's Father's Day weekend, so it's actually a Saturday run. So this is fairly important for regular Trails Plus people to take note of uh, because all other events are generally on a Sunday. Uh, this one will be on a Saturday, Saturday the 5th of September. And there you go. That's where we're going to leave uh, leave Brett uh, with a bit of a teaser about the hell run yes. and uh, we're going to come back to that in uh, the next couple of weeks mm. and learn more about it. Yeah, and look, having been down at that part of the the world on the weekend, can say again that it is a coastline that is so beautiful and a fabulous place to run and great to have another event down in that part of the world. Absolutely. So um, the next thing we want to talk about uh, for today, uh, we've got about eight minutes and 58 seconds to go on the show, is the Surf Coast uh, trail marathon 2015 event which was the second time it was held and um, I think it's fair to say it was off to a fantastic start in 2014 but went you know you see a couple, a couple of little improvements took it up a notch um, and a perfect weather day perfect weather day and perfect tidal conditions for runners too so instead of the king tides that uh, greeted them last year really spectacular running conditions along the beach some tough running on some pretty heavy sand for some bits of it but um, yeah just coinciding so that events 
finished at roughly the same time, the half marathon and the marathon. So the buzz at the finish line was great with so many people uh, at the Fairhaven Surf Lifesaving Club. Yeah, so for people who um, aren't aware, you can check it out. Just Google Surf Coast Trail Marathon. Uh, they've got the website there, surfcoasttrailmarathon.com. And it's also um, uh, easy to find on Facebook, sorry, surfcoasttrailmarathon.com.au. Uh, got a, a pretty cool website which gives you all the details. They have a half marathon and a marathon. And a 10K, isn't it? And no, just the two. And it runs from um, Torquay, uh, not far from Geelong, uh, just over about an hour and a half from Melbourne, from Torquay down to Fairhaven, finishes at the surf club for the marathon. And for the half marathon, that goes from Point Addis. Uh, and they run buses from the finish mm-hmm. to both start lines. So you can park your car at the finish and um, bus out. All of that but went particularly well. You can pick up your race kit either the day before or on the morning. So you know, it's a really sort of user-friendly, uh, cool way to get, get started. And uh, say, magnificent running conditions uh, with some sort of so just some fine-tuning of the start times. Um, adjusting the, the tides were more friendly this year, and uh, I think that sort of they um, had a, a nice medal the first year, but they really sort of upped it then to to be a you know a, probably a first class. You sort of give them a, a 10, 10 out of ten for the medal this year, whereas last year maybe it was six or seven. It was good, but not this year was really slick. Yeah, and it's not an easy run, so there's some challenges for runners as well. So perhaps a tough one for your first half marathon or your first marathon. But uh, for trail running community, some challenges, but some good running as well. Yeah, I mean, you, you do get some beautiful single track uh, mm. some the, it's, uh, along the Surf Coast Walk. And most of that is because it's, it's publicised as Surf Coast Walk it's, and, it's, and it's close to lots of uh, holiday, popular holiday destinations. It's very um, easy walking, so to speak, in terms of trail. Uh, and what I mean by that is the surface is a nice smooth gravel. So you get quite a bit of that. You do get some uh, tied out beach running. You do get a couple of little bits where you sort of come down to the beach and you've got to uh, go down the stairs, across the sand and up the, up the stairs. So you do, it is some soft, soft sand. Mm. Uh, you get the beautiful lighthouse and uh, you get the, the, the wonderful finish at the Fairhaven Surf Club. Yeah, and mild conditions this year for a winter's run, which was very welcomed by runners too. Yeah, so a big uh, congratulations to Chris Ort and his team who, who put it on. Um, it, it was a, you know, an absolute first-class weekend. Now, because of the location, um, you've got the big Surf Coast trail running sort of community there, that a lot of the locals supporting the event, people, people from the Surf Coast or from sort of... You know, Geelong, Bellarine Peninsula, um, but you do get a lot of people from from Melbourne, and I think increasing numbers of uh, people from outside of the, that who made a big weekend of it. So they went down. Some people stayed on the Friday night and then ran because the race is on the Saturday. Uh, some people, like us, drove down on the Saturday morning and stayed Saturday night, and of course, some people stayed both nights. Yes, good way to do it. and being in the Victorian school holidays this year, a lot of families that were taking advantage of having an extended stay in this part of the world, so lots to do there too. Yep. Um, I think ta- like Tailwind was one of the major sponsors, so you had uh, some great aid stations and they had a really good mix of, you could have water, you could have Tailwind, you could have um, uh, snakes and other little Yeah, they had some um, muesli bars, chips. Yep, Runner's Kitchen were there as well. Um, so really well-stocked aid stations, about every 10K or thereabouts. Yes, so um, just, just uh, 
nicely. So for most mm. people, it's carry a bottle or a pack, depending on your your take on it. Um, we like we did in the first year, we ran down and back, so it was an it was an eighty kilometre day for us. So that influenced our marathon strategy. So we ran with uh, with the packs and were, I suppose, fueling and hydrating for an 80k okay, race as yes. opposed to a, to a marathon. I think if I was just doing the marathon, I probably wouldn't run with the, with the pack. I'd just run with the drink bottle uh, and up up the pace a bit. But mm. it's it's great for that. And it's a beautiful, uh, in our case, uh, we use it as a training run for the Yang's 100 miler. Yes, for the by, hardcore 100, it's become a tradition running, <laughs> over the last two years. By running down with everybody. Um, very, like, wonderful community. And probably, because uh, we've been running overseas the last sort of, few weeks and then we did the small race down at Terrell and we sort of haven't caught up with people so it was nice to be catching up with uh, mm. old friends and new friends um, people that have sort of been tuning into the show or reading the book or following us around so it was kind of nice to spend time and, and because we were running the, the 80 we sort of had plenty of time to well, we, we made time to stop and talk to people and take photos of people and yeah, and it's a very social event with the 8.30 start for the marathon and 11 I say 11 o'clock start for the half marathon that that does then become a very social finish at the Fairhaven Surf Life Saving Club. So a lot of people hanging around to celebrate and into the late afternoon also celebrating. Yes, it was quite a quite a bit of that. Um, now something else I was going to say. Yes, the thing I was going to, to close with um, the interesting dilemma because we uh, well same for everybody who ran either the half or the full, but but even more of an insight from us running down and back two years in a row. Here's the challenge, I think. Do they stick to the date or do they stick to the tides? So mm. the race, I think, worked well both years. There was uh, a bit more challenge on one of the beaches last year when the tide was high and there was less... Uh, Soft, uh, less packed sand, less tied out, less running. But I reckon I'd be sticking to the same date and say, well, we'll go with the tides. As long as it's not dangerous, well, yeah. we'll go with the tides. You can still get through. Uh, that consistency, I think, adds to a race and really helps. Uh, if you're going to move it a week or two to fit with the tides or three, it can just get tricky and you can get clashes and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So uh, it'll be an interesting thing to see how Chris and the team handle that one. But I'm, I'm, I'm suggesting that better off to have fluctuations in the tides and sands than in the date fluctuations yeah because yeah. people like to pencil in if they can roughly when a race is going to be and in this case with the uh, victorian school holidays people could be away if it's into the following week or clash with gold coast marathon or one of the other big events on in the first week of july so that could be an issue as well Okay, so well done to uh, Chris Ord and everybody involved with the Surf Coast Trail Marathon. Uh, so within its second year, it's quickly become one of the must-do uh, events, and I think we get more and more people becoming interstate. It's, it's, it is one, if you're a marathon uh, person, it's worth coming internationally to run this beautiful, beautiful scenery. And I was talking to someone last week, you know, it's a great sort of, uh, again, a bookend or a pair. You get the great Ocean Road Road Marathon, and then... Six weeks later, come back and run the trail marathon. And if you're doing the two, depending on where you're at, you can go hard in the uh, the road race, and then it'll be a bit slower in the trail. Or use the road race, the 45k Great Ocean Road Race, as your last big training run to set yourself up to have a, a super crack at the Surf Coast Trail Marathon. 
and great to see lots of people out first time in doing the half as we sort of mm, there seemed to be a lot of first timers yep. yep and you could walk it the cut off was generous enough that if you did want to just get out for a great exercise burst we did see quite a few walkers that were participating in the half with very generous cut off yeah no, I think what a lot of those people had done is that they'd, they'd run their 10 to 15k and then put in a lot more walk and a lot less run through the last part to, mm. to get in and, and get their medal and their shirt and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, yes, once again, well done to everybody. Okay, we are at the end of another show, and just before we sort of uh, do go on to our final segment, just a reminder that it's a, a two-week, a two-show week for the Partner Running Show. Uh, we're back again on Thursday morning, same time, and on Thursday we will be looking at uh, talking to Keith Hong from... Uh, Buzz Events and Co. and, and um, finding out all about the Centennial Park Ultra and the, the Runation um, Running Film Festival, which is on in about two weeks. Yeah, a couple so, of weeks' time. Yeah, mm-hmm. this Friday week. So, um, yeah, looking forward to uh, talking to Keith about both those things. The Road Ahead. Join us as we take a quick peek at a few of next weekend's running events. Well, to be fair, I didn't record a new intro. We're not actually looking at, at next week's running events. We're going to hold that over and do that on Thursday. But what we are going to do is just have a quick chat about, you know, we're sort of, uh, we are at the halfway point, uh, June 30, uh, June 29, depending on where you are in the world. So with six months of the year to go, what are some of the events to look forward to for the rest of the year? So first of all, Sue, in terms of the Australian uh, scene, um, probably a couple of standouts first one that comes to mind is the City to Surf, and I talk here about uh, Sydney as being um, the short 14 distant, 14k, but but very popular, one of the biggest road races in the world. Uh, for many people, it ain't the PB place because it's so crowded, but it's a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And uh, mm-hmm. we've got a big bunch of our um, people from one of our own groups going up for that one. And my old nemesis, so I always get the name wrong, <laughs> the City to Perth, a city to surf, surf in, in Perth, Perth. Are, which uh, is one of the, I think, one of the great events of the world, and, and it's, it's a magnificent marathon mm. course. Um, again, some hills in the second half up to Kings Park might take the edge off off the PB, but wow, beautiful city, beautiful, yeah. wonderful community, uh, great support, and just a, a stunning first half and a stunning second half. So, uh, city to surf in Perth is on the last weekend of August. Um, still time to enter and get there, and that's that's a great weekend no matter where you're coming yeah. from, local, uh, national or international. And around that same time each year is the Sunshine Coast Marathon, and this race has boomed, literally, the numbers from that first year to the second year to the third. It's just captured the imagination of a lot of particularly southerners I suppose deciding that um, winter up north is a good place to go for a race and interesting to see each year how they do cope with the growth in numbers as this race um, gets even bigger and bigger around beautiful areas of Mooloolaba and Alexandra Headlands um, on the Sunshine Coast and maybe some swimming and a little bit of beach recreation for people as well. It's a great place to have an extended yes, marathon. It is day. a great weekend uh, away. Now, for something totally different, uh, a lot of people I know like to go after the you know, running a marathon in every state, or there's a. There's a, a I've never, never actually seen an award for it, but people talk about the yes. Southern Cross or whatever it is where you do the seven. 
uh, races in Australia, and then you do the North and South Island of New Zealand. But but what all that means is getting a race, getting a marathon under your belt in Tasmania is important, and there is none better than the Ross Marathon, which is the first week of September. Um, tiny town, historic tiny town, town. Um, great weekend away, no matter where you're coming from, and um, small field, but great little community and Casey and his team do a wonderful job as a marathon as a half and a 10k I think and a kids race a kids okay. race is always uh, pretty spectacular so that's early September that's a good one and also in Australia if you're still looking for a big city marathon and the city to Perth city to surf in Perth doesn't get you you've got the Sydney Melbourne and Adelaide marathons coming mm. up there and again they're the sorts of races I think you, you either love them or you don't but they'll certainly suggest that everybody should do them at least once in your lifetime and I think that uh, Melbourne is going to finish on the MCG this year which they um, in some years have not been able to do yeah so hence the date going back a week um, for that one now October 18 Mm -hmm. Uh, we mentioned earlier in the show the Hell Run which is going to be very interesting uh, a new race from Trails Plus on the first week of September and of course in that neck of the woods there is the Surf Coast Century still time to get in and enter or maybe a team event there for the Surf Coast Century, which is, and the, the day after that is the last, uh, the fourth of the series of the Salomon series, which is quite spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got around that time also uh, the Glass House uh, 100 mile up there, which is, is another exciting one to get to. And the last one I want to talk about for us, from an Australian perspective, Sue, is the uh, exciting one to think about is the New Year's Eve. Um, New Year's Eve have uh, with again at Yu Yang's with Trails Plus people and the overlooking the city and the fireworks. You've got a mixture of races. You can do the six o'clock marathon and the midnight marathon. You can do a three hour enduro, a six hour enduro, and a, and a ten k race. So I'm looking forward to finishing the year with that and then starting uh, with that. Uh, any others that stand out for you as, as on your, your must do list for the rest of the year to think about? Well, um, just for, for thinking about and again looking at the calendar, we've got um, some new events. We've got um, the Wonderland event in the Grampian, so a new location there and something to think about. Um, then, well, I suppose even before the New Year's Eve, um, you've got the Halloween Howler on, uh, I think it's about October the 30th or thereabouts okay. this year. But so. You know, keep your eyes open. Look at the calendar ahead and just pencil in a few that you might be interested in as a good strategy. Lots of good running ahead. Mm. uh, The runningcalendar.com.au has lots of good stuff. Now, on the international scene, still plenty of time to plan a holiday, plan a trip, head overseas and uh, get yourself an international running destination. I noticed the, the... one I was going to put on the list, but it's it's sold out. And I think it'd be. I don't think it's a travel company associated with it. And that is the Bali Marathon. Oh, uh, yes. Is is gone. Sold so, out. Sold out. Uh, they've, they've reached their numbers, and I think they've they've done a good job in the sense of they can only handle so many people. So once they got there, that was it. it's about four thousand people have closed it mm-hmm. off. So that would have been a good one to get to, but not to be. But if you're looking to run in that part of the world, a brand new event, which we're hoping to do a, sh- a show on certainly, is the Lang Co Marathon coming up at the end of October in Vietnam. Yes, that's put on, spectacular. Put on by uh, Go Adventure Asia and the crew there. So with Roman and the group on board, you know it's going to be a well-organised and well-run event too in a wonderful destination for a holiday as well as a run. So there is the... The big six, as they as they say, the, the marathon majors, uh, all officially, I think, maybe maybe sold out or closed. But you can, uh, if you're lucky, get 
depending on your country and your uh, local travel marathon travel group might be able to get a spot. I've seen them advertised uh, on Facebook from from some of the the countries. But I'm talking here, of course, about Chicago, Berlin, and New York marathons. Again, uh, not everybody's cup of tea, but something to put, I think, on your running list and and certainly worth doing once. Uh, and I'd say in the case of Chicago, doing two, three, or four times. But uh, it's a, it's a personal favourite of mine. So there to be got. Now, zipping around the world, so some other ones you might think about. Uh, I think there's still spots available for the Auckland Marathon. Uh, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. At the end of October, start of November, that's quite spectacular. The Las Vegas at night seems to have sort of lost a little bit of its edge, but it's, you know, it's Vegas baby, so still uh, a good one to think about. One that's probably not big on everybody's list, but is on my list that I'd love to yeah. get to, is the Tucson Tucson, Arizona. I just I love the sound of it. I love the people. Uh, we've got some great friends there, and I love the terrain. I love the city. I love the cuisine. Just, just uh, I love the university there. The University of Arizona. It's a magnificent race. So, get out to Tucson, and of course, still is uh, the number one race that we've done in terms of the number of times. Number of I'm times, talking, yes. Yeah, the Honolulu Marathon. Yes, and particularly tempting after having had Runner Mike and Peter Yap uh, talking about it at Phuket that they had booked their places and they were on their way to the Honolulu Marathon. Yes, well, I'm expecting you to come home one day soon and tell me you've got a surprise for me. You've booked us in for the Honolulu Marathon. But anyway, you can live in hope. Uh, any others around the world that... that Yes, um, about the same time as Honolulu, of course, is the Singapore Marathon. If you are looking for a place that's an exo- well, somewhat exotic location but still very accessible from Australia, not one of the world marathon majors but a massive event, none the same, um, and checking out a lot of the different locations in Singapore. Get in early when registration's open and uh, if not, look at some tour and travel companies to try and secure your place. And that kind of brings me to the last thing that I was going to say in terms of this looking ahead to events. Um, there's, we've just named just a few of the big events that are coming up. Well, we didn't touch on some of the the shorter events, let alone some of the ultras and trail mm. events around the world. The you know, UTMF coming up in uh, September. And we're going UTMB. to take a close look at that. Mm. The, of course, UTMF being Mount Fuji and UTMB at Mont Blanc um, as two of the, the, the pinnacles. Um, over the next couple of months, it's a good time to watch these events via the web. Uh, keep an eye on what's happening <coughs> and start to think about, you know, is this for you in 2016 or 17? Because with many of these, whether it's the getting into the New York or the Berlin marathons uh, or doing something like a UTMB, you need to plan ahead, whether it's getting your points, your qualifying time or contacting your travel people to, to get in advance. So now's a good time to, if you're not doing these events this year, to start putting them into your schedule for the next uh, two or three years. And for something like a, for example, if you're going to say, yes, the UTMB is for me, I want to go and, and do that. Well, it might take you a year or two to get your points up and then it might take you two or three years. I think the, I think you're two years in the ballot with, with your points and then the third year you get a bit of a priority. So it could be like a four or five year journey to go from start to finish mm, if you put, definitely. if you decide that a race like that is on thing. Similarly with, you know, something like a New York or a London that um, it might take you a year or two years to secure a spot and you know, get your money together to travel. Yeah, that's that right, because we're not talking about just a, you know, quick little entry and travel destination. It, this is a maybe a lot of savings to get across to yep. one of these big events too. Now, of course, the beauty of all this is that there are so many uh, and increasing numbers of wonderful events located all around uh, the world, and most of us have got within 
our local communities, lots of great events to run and participate in the meantime or join up with our running group. So lots of running to be had. It's not always about the big ones, but the big ones are sometimes exciting to plan uh, or the big, your big one, I suppose. Yeah, and keep your training on track and your focus and motivation to yep. run too. And, of course, the Hong Kong uh, 100, which we did, I think they open up in September, October. So, again, it's it's keeping an eye out for when the events yes. do come on board for next year. Well, on that note, Sue, we'll, we'll, I was going to say we'll be back next week, but we will be back next week, but we'll also be back on Thursday this week with another show and we'll, we'll do be looking... Uh, uh, at the road ahead for next weekend's running. But we're going to be uh, having our special guest, Keith Hong, talking about Centennial Park Ultra and Runation, the... Yes. Um, the movie festival. Yes, some of the ex- other exciting projects that, that Keith's involved with. And, of course, we're going to put him through the butt-running dash. <laughs> yes, uh, which is always fun. Okay. Thanks, folks. We'll see you next week on The Partner Running Show. You're listening to The Partner Running Show with your hosts, Couple on the Run, Sue and Andrew O'Brien. Proudly brought to you by partnerrunning.com and the Partner Runner magazine.